Welcome to the last episode of the Neo Vanguards podcast, Into the Aura. Throughout this series, we have been discussing aura within the context of avant-garde art. This particular episode is hosted by... Uh, Max Pierce, a junior in painting. Uh, myself, Nate Crone, a sophomore in graphic design. And Daniel Grimmy, I'm a junior in painting. The last episode will be on the topic of how aura has evolved and changed with within the advent of information throughout the latter half of the 20th century until now. To, or the, when one takes up a medium, they have to take on, you know, the baggage. The baggage. Like oil painting has so much history mm-hmm. that that in itself yeah. sends a message. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what Walter Benjamin's talking about with with reproducibility destroying its place in a in a in a tradition mm. kind of yeah. and yeah like the baggage is lost yeah. yeah once photographed this actually brings up a great point about photography and the history of photography because if you look at some of the first photographs ever taken <coughs> everything is very clearly staged Mm. Um, like which photographs are you talking about? Uh, I forget who the person is. Can you look it up for me, actually? Mm-hmm. The first photograph is clearly a stage photograph. And what does that mean about the aura? Because people say photography kind of is the... It's like immediate, supposedly. It's immediate, and um, it sort of downplays the aura, but... The staging of photography um, and how an artist picks compositionally what they're going to photograph, um, perhaps even staging the photograph in some way, um, maybe creates an aura around the work um, and its production. Yeah, it's interesting because Walter also, when talking about photography, he says... um, in terms of how people respond to them, he kind of believes that they don't carry the same aura that traditional work, like kind of like the oil painting we were talking about earlier. They don't carry the same tradition that some other mediums supposedly have. So that's interesting that you bring up possibly like staging an aura or trying to intersect like a um a photograph into a particular tr- tradition or something yeah. like that, and the power mm-hmm. that kind of has as a form of technology to kind of hop around Mm -hmm. from a bunch of different like mediums yeah and and how it represents it definitely i feel like also with photography the subjectivity of the photographer makes a huge difference in terms of thinking about the aura um and how calculated photography is um Mm. i feel like something if I were to compare it to a, a uh, form of media that kind of detracts from the aura in terms of subjectivity, I would say something like Google Earth, where there's there's room for subjective-like perspective, but I feel like a lot of it is um, unmediated and sort of just a, a collection of images that yeah. um, is beyond... Mm-hmm. The control of people maybe yeah and maybe where it does fit within the aura is is i mean to continue what 
and we're using Walter Benjamin as kind of like our starting point for aura. So to continue what you said, although he, he believes it doesn't have like the same aura of necessarily of a traditional work, it, it does still have an aura. And mm-hmm. the, the aura of how he describes it, the aura of lost time and lost memories, and that the aura is sharply increased when the gaze of those who knew the person or the scene or the subject of the photo seems to be lost. So that, in in a way, it's not necessarily the object's tradition. It's more of mm-hmm. personal experience. Yeah. That kind of dictates its aura. Totally. Mm. I f- did so I say the photograph Google? is like a memory. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. And of course, what this is... Did I say Google. Google Images? I meant to say Google Earth. You said Google Earth. I said Google Earth. Um, but Google Earth has a bias. Do you feel... Yeah, I do feel that it has a bias, but I... I think if I were to think of any form of photography that does not have a bias, like, or has less of a bias than maybe traditional photo- photography, I think that's maybe one of the first things that would come to mind. Mm. Although I know that it has a bias, and I think that... Um, I but think it is interesting. Like, could more images make less bias or something? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like randomly generated images. Yeah, yeah. Or, or like if it's just so many mm-hmm. that you just have to accept it. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Well, G- Google Earth's interesting too, like as far as like a bias, because there's places you can't go and there's places that aren't filmed, though it like, mm. it seems as if you could walk down any street everywhere. Mm-hmm. And whether like the inten- how intentional any of this, this is, regardless, it takes on its own like kind of bias as like a as a technology too mm. yeah does walter benjamin feel that photography is art i believe i believe he does i i i didn't find any of thing of him speaking on that directly but if he accepts that does have an aura i would i would say that it's it still has has art i think he's kind of like he kind of goes like back and forth whether he I feel like in my interpretation whether he wants to discuss it the same way he's talking about all the other mm. art as as because he seems kind of really negative towards a lot of the technological advances and I'm throwing in photography had probably been around for a while at that point but there's still no digital photography mm. it's still new and it's like I guess relatively still new for us as like a medium used in art True. Um, so. yeah how do you guys... Sorry, were you finished, Nate? Yeah, no, I was all set. I, how do you guys feel about um, photography in social media? Mm. Is that, is that uh, relevant that to have... you on the topic of Benjamin? Or? I mean, yeah. Because do those images have an aura? What do you think? I mean, I want to say yes. Really? But I also... Thing, maybe no. Yeah, I don't know. They're like in a, in a sea of so many images that it's like. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting thinking about like celebrity photos on social media and sort of and seeing something like tabloids. Mm-hmm. Or like tabloids kind of like destroyed the aura in terms of maybe like getting the unedited shot or true. Even still, it's not the truth, but I would I would say it's like. But maybe that's the. It's aura. like the image that 
is the opposite of what's like desired to be mm. mediated maybe mm. by the author i.e like the celebrity posting a picture or something yeah. you know and and whether it's on purpose or not it like you were saying, it changes. It changes how it's interpreted based off the off the media. Mm-hmm. So it's sim- similar to any other translation. Yeah. You know. Yeah. What do you guys think about authorship in terms of how images are distributed? Mm. Do you think that well, it, it in, involves the aura in any way? Yeah. Well, now there's so many channels of authorship. Uh-huh. Especially just with like the yeah, it's almost like too hard to keep track. Yeah, of, I feel like mm-hmm. anything. Yeah, like, it's like a commoditized. Yeah, also with memes, like uh-huh. there are just like it is interesting. Like yeah. the accounts supposedly like they're their memes, kind of, mm-hmm. but like maybe they didn't create them. Yeah. yeah, or like how we talked about in the intro, the case study of the Pepe meme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things could be hi- hijacked. Yeah. Totally. Very true. And it's there's so many platforms that people interface with that true. the room for mistranslation or mm-hmm. various um leverage, Even just captions. Leverage. Yeah, just different captions, captions can just yeah. change the image so much. Totally. I mean I think that stretches out even past just like Instagram or Facebook, people will choose like their their platform based on their own like assumptions mm-hmm. and, their own, and their own background to get them a, a a different interpretation of maybe the same photo or something yeah. like, mm-hmm. like that. And I think that different interpretation or different use of the same photo kind of kind of is strange because it takes away the authorship. It almost makes every photo a, a stock image or something. Mm-hmm. In a way, like and you can see that on like news apps or something like that. Which is a whole like other topic. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. Do you guys think that, like, eventually, most of these platforms will just be streamlined to be like a singular database for like everybody to just have mm-hmm. information accessible at their disposal? Library. Or do you think there'll still be like a need to search? Or do you think most of it will just be already like geared towards you and you just consume it like? Mm. a rapid pace I think it's going to be know. hard to step out of that second option where what's the second option again what did you say just where everything is like streamlined for you and yeah everything is geared towards your algorithm or yeah I mean like, just true. like the, the data situations with mm. people like, come, like recently a few years ago now like the data industry is worth more than like the oil and energy mm-hmm. industry, which I mean, it says a lot because that stretches far past just uh, like catering to your interests. That stretches into like political and social mm-hmm. issues as a way to totally. do different things. Yeah. yeah, I feel like with um, social issues in terms of like algorithms and. Um, the platforms that you'll be using, it seems like eventually, like, the social concerns that we have now will kind of, like, just diminish because um, maybe, like, just nobody will interact in the way that we do now. Everyone will be, like, catered to? 
Yeah, so that there will just be no room for, like, violence or aggression towards one another. Mm. I feel like I've always had this, like, funny idea. Like, the internet was just kind of like a fad. Mm-hmm. Just in 20 yeah. years, just... It, would it go wasn't away. It's like a, you know, like kind of like radio or something. Mm-hmm. Like there would be something else that is different enough, but still influenced yeah. by the yeah. thing created, which will bring its own challenges. Uh-huh. But I, I feel like that is kind of impossible. De- definitely. Yeah, it yeah. is interesting. But it would be really, really weird to see like a like post internet time where there's zero to any like, uh, uh, like not a lot of weight put on your own like expression yeah like it's just not as big of a deal yeah yeah it is weird though i feel like people first created the internet maybe thinking that it wasn't going to have the impact that it did yeah Yeah. or maybe that it would like go away Mm -hmm. yeah yeah but it is almost like it's progressed in such a way that it's just like so unrecognizable from what it was Mm -hmm. that it almost has like gone away yeah, in a way. You would almost think that, like, at this point, platforms wouldn't have any bias, like, mm. or racial prejudice. But yeah. I feel like all of those things become, like, more and more apparent on platforms. And, like, there's just... True. I mean, that's that's interesting. Yeah. It's, like, the medium responds to the body. And uh-huh. These platforms are made up of, like... A bunch, uh, a whole bunch of people. So in a way, we kind of like dictate a trajectory of, of like, the lifespan of like a platform or yeah. something mm-hmm. like that, and based on like its users and the data from its users and stuff mm-hmm. along those lines. Yeah. Which I mean, that kind of like could lead into a discussion about AI. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How how a platform taking on its life of its own, of course, that's something different from an AI. Yeah. But, mm. Yeah. Maybe like once a platform stops reflecting who you feel you are, that's when it becomes, like, obsolete. It's, like, because you just don't recognize yourself in what they think is... You lose your tradition. Yeah. You become reproducible. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Wait, you lose... Wait, could you say that again? So like could maybe once go once you depth. use it once like a platform doesn't reflect who you think you are, mm. it becomes obsolete to a certain extent because it doesn't like provide what Yeah, it's not more like it's not effective, yeah. True. And that's like algorithms maybe have just become that's why algorithms have become so hyper specialized to like yeah. one's interests. Yeah, and maybe I don't know, it'll it's hard to predict what an individual is looking for i guess or how how they want to be how they want to be seen and yeah. i thought what you said was really good like once it stops becoming an effective tool to present yourself mm-hmm. as yourself and it starts to not look like you people will obviously find other means of doing that yeah mm-hmm. and i mean i feel like that's a lot a lot of times in like like uh like at least in maybe in art like people that's all people base a lot of their work off that kind of theme of like a return like a kind of reclaiming a medium Mm -hmm. as a more accurate way to uh present their message yeah reclaiming a process and all and all of that Mm -hmm. kind of filters filters into trying to most accurately 
express yourself or your topic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the same way, like you said, a social media can never. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting though because I feel like with social media, there are some times where it, it like doesn't reflect who you feel you are. Like, say you like get your YouTube suggested page is like all videos that you would be embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Of. I mean, I'm sure like, that? all of us yeah. have been in that situation where there's just like a YouTube, like your YouTube suggested is like just not interesting videos or anything mm. you'd be like but then is a like, show for yourself <laughs> but so then is like it like stupid content does the algorithm reveal your true yeah, self yeah that's what I was saying <laughs> or is it like does the algorithm suppress the self or does it reveal this, does it create the self this is yeah well you Very just true. said like like your YouTube suggested videos could be a bunch of stuff you wouldn't want other people to see because it's like embarrassing. Yeah. But like in, in reality, that is like what you're interested in watching and that's totally. why it's in your suggestion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. regardless if you want to be seen like that, uh-huh. that is maybe how you look. How yeah, you look yeah, definitely. It is. People are going to not want to show that anymore eventually. Yeah. It is interesting because sometimes you'll go down like this rabbit hole of like, for me, sometimes it'll be, like, right-wing politics that I do not really align mm. myself with. But then I'll be like, what does this person have to say yeah, on this topic? Yeah. And then the next thing you know, YouTube will, like, force it upon you. Like, mm-hmm. you're really... Yeah. It's, it's, like, integral to your being. But That's a dangerous, dangerous place to be. It, it, yeah. You can see, though, as soon well, as then, it happens, yeah. how they, like, try and how the algorithm tries to narrow in on, like, that specific aspect yeah, yeah. of you and try to, like, promote that. So mm-hmm. to a certain extent, I do feel like the algorithm is, like, trying to mold your... Yeah, mm, it does it... Definitely. Uh, ...yourself. I don't know if, like... I guess that's probably, like, going to be a large problem for, like, mm-hmm. people who are... I feel, I feel like maybe we're, like, three or two mm-hmm. years slightly past maybe like the people who would just grow up on instagram and mm-hmm. have like mm-hmm. access to it from like sixth grade on yeah youtube yeah. they're gonna have a lot of their political viewpoints mm-hmm. and their, like ethical like viewpoints yeah yeah shaped on, yeah, yeah, shaped on, on an algorithm or, i mean yeah. it makes sense too because not that it would be molded towards you because it's all about how i mean if the, the purpose of the platform is to make money then like True. They're gonna put. They exploit your curiosity. Yeah, they exploit your curiosity in order for them to make money. Then, yeah. In the most viable way, which would be to like market, whatever is the most profitable thing, you know, yeah. or idea, whatever it is, they really can commodify an idea, mm. which is pretty impressive. I forget, what the hell this was, but um, kind of talking about the different ways to present like an abstract work of art through like scale or like like through through process and I remember kind of like during the reading the artist he seemed to like kind of discount process as mm-hmm. as as a thing that might yeah, take over it. the idea yeah, yeah, solid, solid, yeah exactly yeah. as something that would like kind of like take over the meaning of your piece and not actually and I kind of disagreed with that I kind of feel like to fully understand what you're making or like the goal of what you're making 
Mm. The process is almost the most important part. Yeah. At least for you to have a concise idea of what you present. Mm. Yeah. So. Because yeah, it totally. goes back to what we were talking about, the medium is the message. Yeah. Mm. And I, I agree because, I mean, I guess it maybe depends on how you're working because Saul Lewitt had a team, so maybe the process was very uninvolved for him, so that's maybe why, the reason why he felt process wasn't important. Yeah. But I but guess the process still has to do with his, it's still important to his work. Yeah, but it's like I'm hidden. sure it is. It's hidden. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not. It's not. I think instead of the pro process, the the word Solo used a lot was like um, the materiality of mm. the pieces yeah. is is something that can be dangerous. But I, I and I kind of just took materiality in the same like way as I think of like process because like mm -hmm. material and process, it's what you it's like the totally. metal block for your piece. Yeah. But um. I, and I, I thought it was interesting too because I, I from reading that I think like most of his other takes hold up pretty well mm -hmm. like as far as like at least teaching edu like teaching art now I mean, mm -hmm. you'd say you expect to hear a lot of the same kind of like I ideas about um, what to include or, yeah or, mm -hmm. and, and stuff like that like, yeah I yeah it's for me that reading is hard because I'm like some of those like sweeping statements about like um how important the idea is i'm like i i always am like what does that mean though like what does mm -hmm. it mean that the idea is the most important aspect of the art is it like the idea of like craft being your focus because i feel like for saul lewitt if someone was like my idea is having good craft he'd be like that's not a good idea. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I, can I, think he would, I think he would discount stuff like that, but it's like, what, what do you really mean by it? Yeah. Also, it's the it's, idea is the most important part of Yeah. your art. Mm -hmm. It's like, what is his idea? Yeah. Or I guess his idea is like the instructions for like a work of art can be created not by like one person, mm -hmm. but it is weird. It's like, it doesn't know. go far enough for me. Yeah. Like, his work doesn't go far enough. Hmm. Maybe that's just, like, me this misinterpreting is, yeah. certain things. But for totally. me, it's, like, there's certain things that happen in his work, even, where I'm, like, there's nuance in color and all these exactly, things yeah. that's, like, very confusing. Like, there's texture sometimes yeah, that occurs. That's very true. Things that maybe he'd be, like, I want nothing to do with, like, illusion, illusionistic painting. There is but it's just, I feel like there's aesthetic aestheticization is like bound to happen mm. with like making anything yeah and also just like well here's the here's the exact quote he he said the the danger is i think in making the physicality of the material so important that it becomes the idea of the work um and and, and that's uh, there's there's something else where which i agree with too but i feel like when you when you take it with also like this quote it, it's kind of confusing and i do like solid work too and i thought it was funny how he mentioned scale because his pieces are huge yeah you know? like but he was like it, it should be like you know human size so mm -hmm. yeah. but um he, he he talks about like you know good abstract art doesn't doesn't require a mastery of craft it doesn't require which i mean i probably would agree with for mm. sure but 
at the same time with that like claim also made along with like talking about like the the physicality and the material of the piece i feel like that's just as much of a valid form and valid tradition if we want to talk about it within like how we've been talking about for a mm. topic of the yeah. you know, the podcast i mean it's it's just like another another layer of tradition mm. that yeah. you would want to kind of get rid of i'm not mm-hmm. sure yeah I agree completely. Just thinking in my head. I wonder if he, Saul Lewitt, would think that he is a master of his craft. Mm. What do you think he would say? I mean, I think he would say yes. But then it's like, what is... Then it just kind of discounts a lot of yeah, stuff he said. That's the thing about it. Is And then it's like, what is his craft yeah and then it's especially like, with assistance how do you what do you how do you reconcile your craft yeah like with having assistance very true mm-hmm. it is uh, yeah i guess his craft is he can write instructions yeah or not necessarily he or doesn't maybe, necessarily need to possess the same like craft and technique yeah yeah to express his idea he definitely <laughs> yeah because maybe somebody, somebody, somebody does. <laughs> maybe because he's know. like at the start and he's at the end it's yeah. like the start with the instructions the start because it is conceptual art is very like one-to-one in terms of the, the fabrication yada 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 mm. and the instructions starts with those and then it's the finished result it interacts with space in some way yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, and and that's sort of like the direct thing. And to me, that's always been like, that's just formalism for me. But I don't know. Mm. And, and for Saul Lewitt, I feel like it's like, oh, this is, it's so great because you're at the start and you're at the end. You know, he like has <laughs> the good idea and he has the, the <laughs> name to go on the wall yeah, with true. it. So... That's the, that's why his idea is so. It just it just seems (laughs) it just seems funny because his pieces are big and they use a lot of color. Yeah. And they're very, very geometric. Definitely. It it just seems like a really like bad take. Uh But I don't know. I really (laughs) like his work still. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know what context he necessarily like said this in. Mm -hmm. Apart from like he was trying to describe like what can make it like a, what 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 is needed to make a good abstract piece of artwork mm-hmm. um maybe he thinks about like abstract art a lot more as like a movement than we than i do yeah like, i don't really think of it as a movement like some of the other stuff yeah mm-hmm. talked about in this class like like um you know so maybe maybe like living wh- or working when he was making those stuff and writing and writing yeah. that essay you know it mm-hmm. seemed more like a very like, like abstract art seems like his body of work. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, because in the, I think in the beginning of that essay, he says in notes on conceptual art, he says, uh, "People are calling this conceptual art, but I don't necessarily call it that, or I don't consider myself mm. a conceptual artist." Oh yeah, conceptual, not abstract. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 But it's very interesting. It's like, what are we Who working knows? with? <laughs> what are we working with? <laughs> Who knew what, how we thought about it? Yeah. yeah true. Because are you working in the are we talking about the tradition of painting? <laughs> well, yeah, where does the work of art fit into all of this? A work of art fits into all of this. What is the role of the work of art in society? 
Or just artwork in general. I feel like you have the answer to that question. No, I don't. I, but I don't. I, I want to know what you guys think. What's the role? Um, that's, that's a tough question. I guess maybe. I think it depends on your medium. It could medium. be a whole lot of things. Mm. Depends on your medium. It depends on your location. Mm. Um, that's true. I think art has many ways of presenting itself mm. and also like I don't think art necessarily has to be rendered as like this useless thing you know mm. that has or not a useless thing something that has no, no function you, you know what I mean people are always saying what makes art art is that it has no function yeah, yeah. I don't like necessarily think that's true I feel like even the fact that it has a social function is a contradiction to that statement. Hmm. Would you guys agree? Well, it's it? social function meaning. Like to, I guess the, the um, the cliche thing of like challenging society. Mm. Or just entertaining, like a or dance yeah. performance or a concert. Definitely. Mm. Uh, I think it extends outside the visual arts for sure. Yeah. Mm. Or, or just for e- educational purposes, whether successful or not. Mm-hmm. I mean campaigns happen mm-hmm. all the time to like spread awareness for stuff and that's yeah. kind of like that first example you were talking about but I, th- I think in general if you were to pinpoint maybe if I were to like think of if I had to think of like one thing of arts function like one word it would probably probably be like empathy as well like as a way to build empathy mm-hmm. it's, and, and empathy is broad enough where it could encompass your own self-expression or mm-hmm. being able to put yourself in a different, trying to like understand a different situation, whether you're the artist or, or the designer, cause I, or, or, or the audience, because mm-hmm. it goes both ways with, with research. Of course it could be done poorly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could misinterpret it uh-huh. and you could get in a lot of trouble or yeah. do a lot of damage, but, um, yeah, we've covered a lot today. I feel like, um, we came to some resolved topics and others maybe left open. Um, do you guys have any final words? Yeah, I mean, we discuss a lot of important things revolving around reproduction and the, the aura of art. And maybe how there's a lot of questions left open as far as what will happen in the future once technologies evolve past where they already are. And perhaps kind of warp the aura of art in ways mm-hmm. that we can't mm-hmm. quite understand yet, but we yeah. will possibly in the future. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. We we discussed, you know, some. We may have opened. We may have a- opened up more questions. Yeah. Then mm-hmm. we may have given less answers. Uh huh. But uh, yeah, I think as things progress into the future, we will. Uh huh. We will see how these certain topics. I guess I'll play out. end on this question for all the listeners. Um, where do you, where do you see yourself on on the side of? technology and reproduction versus tradition and and medium and and creating what where do you strike a balance and and where do you find yourself as if you're an artist or a designer yourself Uh or even as just a yeah person who likes art in general definitely Mm. great question um thank you so much for listening to this podcast thank you um this is daniel grimmy signing off nate crone also signing off And uh, Max Pierce also signing off. Thank you.